The scripture for today comes from Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 to 27. The next day Moses sat to, sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone, and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the, th the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statues and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, you will, you will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all, all of Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. I want to get started with a little bit of trivia, so just shout this out if you know the answer, all right? Um, name this person. One of the most enduring icons of American culture, a fictional masked former Texas Ranger who fights outlaws in the Old West. Who is it? The Lone Ranger. Yes. The Lone Ranger. And really, you know, um, I haven't watched The Lone Ranger a lot, but I was looking into it this week. And um, The Lone Ranger is kind of misnamed because obviously he has this trusty sidekick, right? Tonto with him. He's not alone doing all this thing, fighting for justice. He has somebody with him. But when we use the term Lone Ranger, we think of somebody operating by themselves, right? And we as Americans tend to think very highly of people like this. We like self-sufficient, do-it-yourself, kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps kinds of people. And, and we, li we like people that can tackle hard things on their own, which is why we often have a hard time with the way God operates with his people, because it's exactly the opposite, Right? Nowhere in the scriptures do we find God prescribing a lone ranger kind of leadership or mentality. It's exactly the opposite, and that's what we're going to see here in our passage today and next week. God is always giving his people multitudes of leaders. He's always spreading the leadership out, always raising up lots of different leaders. It's never just one person. It's always lots of different leaders, and so that's what we're going to see. 
And you'll remember if you've been here over the summer that we're in the midst of this series called Get Out. And what we're doing is we're, we're laying two narratives in the scriptures side by side and noticing similarities. So we're looking at Exodus and Acts. And in Exodus, of course, is a story of God getting his people up out of Egypt, out of slavery. And Acts is the story of God getting his church out of Jerusalem and out into the world on mission with the good news of Jesus. And so one of the big similarities that we see laying these two narratives side by side is God multiplying leaders. So he's saying, look, um, I want there to be lots of different leaders who humbly govern my people underneath me. That's God's heart. And so that's the big idea for today. Not just one leader, lots of leaders. There's no lone rangerism in the church. And that's a new word that I came up with just for today, lone rangerism. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about. So I want to talk to you about lone rangerism, four things that we notice in this text about it, the problems with it, okay, because there's real problems that Jethro points out here, the advice for people struggling with it, which I would guess is many of us, actually, uh, the fruit of resisting it, and then finally, what's the cure for it? So that's what we're going to look at today, these four things. Now, before we actually get to the text, I've been thinking about it this week. You might be sitting there saying, well, Pastor Dave, this sounds like a great text for you know, a pastor's retreat or a leadership seminar or something like that. What does this have to do with my life? I'm not, after all, maybe you're not in leadership in the church. And so you might be saying, what do I need to listen to this for? How is this going to help me in my life? And I think that's a really fair question. So I'd like to offer you a couple of reasons for you to tune in here today. And the first reason is this. We hope you become a leader in Life Church. We hope you do. We would love for you to become a leader in Life Church or in whatever church that you choose to go to in the future, as you're going to probably, you know, lots of us move around um, several different times in our lives. We hope that you become a leader in your church wherever you go. We believe that as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you become an instant candidate for leadership in God's church, right? And so if you're not in leadership in the church at the moment, don't worry, you might be soon, and so you'll want to file this away for that time. That's the first thing. Secondly, I hope this helps you recognize healthy and unhealthy church culture, right? And this is not a, like, let's bash on other churches' time and, and say how great we are as a church. We're a pretty decent church. We got lots of 